podcast, episode number 10. Big milestone for us, guys. Woohoo! Woohoo! Um. <laughs> <laughs> Woohoo! So, we've really gotten on kind of this gaming streak where we just want to have fun and play games. Now, next week we will get back to regular scheduled podcasting where we talk about probably something a bit more serious and have yeah, some information. Games. <laughs> yeah, but board games. Anyway, this week we are going to be playing another game and it is called the metagame. Explain to us how it works, someone. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, you pick a card and it says something, 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 blank, something, right? So this <laughs> one is like, which is simply the most beautiful. Didn't even have any blanks, right? None of these cards have blanks. Oh, here we go. Yeah, so this one with a blank says, you can find this under the dictionary definition for blank. And then you fill in that blank with a word. Lemon. Lemon. And then... You've got three products for the other players. So David's putting out cards now on the table. Yeah, so essentially one of the four of us is going to pick out one of these cards with a description. And then there's going to be three products that each of us take, the rest of the players. Um, It's not even a product, it's like an idea. Like an idea, I suppose, yeah, or thing. And we basically just try and sell that. Back to that person. Well, I argue, suppose. which is the best to or go with argue. that card. Yeah, it's kind of just like, what fits the best? Um, and we just have to come up, kind of improvise with something. So one of the cards there is Wikipedia. Right? So I don't know how well that would fit in with a descri- dictionary a description of a lemon. <laughs> but, uh, you know, you just have to improvise that. So I don't, know, I don't even know how to begin. <laughs> um, well, we're going to have a hand of... Three cards, let's say. Okay, so we can pick out of some cards that we've got and try and do something with those. If you're still confused as to how it works, it's basically snake oil, but instead of selling a product, you're selling an idea to match the, the card that you get at the beginning. Okay, so here we go. Right, I'm going to shuffle these culture cards. Culture oh. cards. Yep. That sounds fancy. And I'm going to deal three. Something you find amongst the rich and famous to each of us. Oh, we get three. Mm. So do we have to pick which one we want to use? Yep. It'll be, it'll be a little bit easier that way. Okay, so David's going to be the judge in this first round, and he's going to put the card out. Best dressed. <clears throat> okay, so David basically has picked out a card with a description. What's, what is the type of this card called again? Culture opinion, card? Opinion card. Opinion card, okay. So the opinion card is the description, and we have to try and pick one of our three cards to match that. Okay, well, I start? True, yeah. So I think if you want to be best dressed, you got to go for a classic look. 140 years of fashion, right? It's Levi's 501 jeans. Oh, how are you so lucky? Pretty lucky. Um, yeah, 140 years of denim, rivets, and the hard-to-button button fly. 1873 Levi Strauss and Jacob Stra- uh, Jacob Davis. Not Strauss also. They're not brothers. Um yeah, there's nothing more to say. They're just great. Miners wore them because they were so durable. And then... Is that on the card? No. Mm. You're making shit up? No, that's real. You can look that up. Why do you know things? <laughs> <laughs> they were made for miners originally, I think, because they were hard wearing or something like Levi's. that. Levi's? Yeah, I think it was Levi's. I think they were like the first brand, right? I have no idea. Could be. I think it was them. Now, would you... Yeah, I mean, 1873. Come on. Yeah, of course it was them. Would you describe miners as the best dressed? 
I would describe the miners beginning from 1873 uh, as best dressed. And then subsequently when it became like such a popular bit of clothing, everybody became the best dressed. And I think day to day, anyone who's like not like working out or something, they're probably going to wear jeans, you know? Possibly. Yeah. It's... They wouldn't be doing it if it wasn't the best option out there. And they are doing it out there. So it is the best option. The best dressed. Good argument. Levi's. Yeah, they're fine. Mm -hmm. They're okay. But I mean, did they defeat the Nazis? No. No, they didn't. Are they the best dressed? You can wear them every day. You can't wear them all the time. If you see Levi's, you don't really think of anybody but a stupid cowboy. I have Wonder Woman. (laughs) <laughs> okay she is the best dressed wonder woman conquered comic book nazis in the 1940s but couldn't escape cheesy tv in the 1970s elizabeth and william marston 1941 beautiful i think i can't remember her color. she's dressed like a flag and she has great jewelry these things that she wears on her arms <laughs> and my other hands <laughs> yeah She's, she's got boots. She's a full outfit. They're just one bottom half. If you only wore them as the best dress, the police would be called. I think you could pull it off. She's a full outfit. You're just half an outfit. I think you'd still be better dressed wearing a pair of jeans than a Wonder Woman outfit. Personally, a flag is a very tacky, in my opinion, to be wearing a flag. Like, I don't go around wearing green, white, and gold all the time. Green, white, and orange. So that was your look, man. I certainly don't. You could possibly pull it off if you're wearing, like, no. Can't be. (laughs) Is there any denim colored flags? Denim colored flags? (laughs) Do you mean flag that's just entirely made out of denim? Yeah, because then yours would be a flag. The answer is no. (laughs) I haven't looked that up, but uh, the answer is no. Mary, what you got? So, unlike my friends here, I was not so lucky as to get actual clothes or best dressed. <laughs> However, there is more to being best dressed than, than being, being best dressed. dressed. <laughs> <laughs> so, take this, all right? <laughs> the electric slide. <laughs> okay. Not only are people best dressed at weddings, but in order to make them look better, they dance in a similar way. With the electric slide. I have no idea where this is going. Yep. Rick Silver's 1976 dance craze. Wedding receptions would never be the same again. People best dressed go to weddings. And that's all I got to say about that. <laughs> I you're onto something there. Nope, that's it. I think I'm going to go with the Levi's. Boo. Yeah, that's bullshit. <laughs> Once I saw it, I couldn't believe my luck. So I have to pick up an opinion card now, right? Correct. <clears throat> and that means you guys are going to have to try and satisfy the criteria. Correct. And if there's a blank, just... Um, Give me another card. <laughs> and if there's a blank... Just fill it in. Oh, yeah. I should have guessed that. I should have filled that one in. <laughs> there's no blank, don't worry. Which is most useful on a desert island? So, you're on a desert island. It's hot. 
and lonely. Mm-hmm. And you need something that'll get attention of anybody that might pass by. So I present to you the American flag. You can wave it. Then when there's no one coming, you can use it as a blanket to keep you warm. Mm-hmm. And it is actually, burning it is still legal, apparently. So if you get really desperate, you can use it to light a fire. I, I gotta say, I don't like how it says it's still legal. As though it's definitely going to be made illegal at some point. Well, that's not my problem. So please don't take that like It's just me. like, oh, it's inevitably going to become a more fascist state. And it will be illegal. <laughs> but it's currently still legal. That's a weird way to put that. If people see that flag, they people will know. Mm, I'd want something to wave. Like it's not bright, a scary flag. It's bright colours as well. It might catch the eye of a passing boat. Pretty good. <laughs> Assuming you want to get off the desert island. It's not like a tropical paradise. But yeah. And it doesn't have a skull and crossbones on it. Mm-hmm. And that's all I have to say. So... You have an American flag on a desert island mm. and pirates come and they're flying their Jolly Roger and they know you're some innocent American flag burning weirdo and they're going to come. <laughs> they're going to get you. But then it's up to Colin really to become part of their team. I can't really, you know. Right. So that's down to you, Colin. Yeah. You need to get some negotiations to excuse. Maybe sell them your flag. Oh, sell them your flag. Maybe their flag is old. Maybe that's why it's so tatty. Nobody's ever asked them. If they had an American flag, maybe they'd get in more places. Maybe they are American. They just never had the opportunity to get their own flag. Flag is a pretty good thing to have on a I think anything you can flag down passing boats, assuming it's like a deserted desert island, you know, okay. and not like some tropical paradise. But yeah, it's, it's fine as a thing. You know? Okay. So most useful on a desert island. So you need skills if you're going to be trapped on a desert island. And probably some companions. Ways to get food. You know, things to entertain you. Most importantly, you need Jeff. Jeff Probst. The most useful thing that you could have on a desert island is Survivor. Get Survivor, the game show, on your island. You'll, you'll never be lonely again. The tribe has spoken. Not only that. that, but you have a chance to win a million dollars. Most useful thing on a desert island. A million dollars? I thought it was like $50,000 or something like no, that. No, it's a million. A million? Yep. Holy crap. You can survive 39 days? 40 days? I mean, that's a lot better than American flag, right? Kira's <laughs> <laughs> face is like... <laughs> that was mouth wide open, by the way. <laughs> shocked Pikachu (laughs) I mean it's perfect I mean you know you're already on an island you got some mates you got some things to do some challenges you got some rice Jeff's there to motivate you I don't think you can complain about Levi jeans anymore you know definitely not no I was like this isn't even a a game now it's literally (laughs) just perfect things for things (laughs) well speaking of perfect things for things oh when you're on a desert island, mm-hmm. you want some form of entertainment. Yeah, like Survivor or something. <laughs> yeah. But what's better than Survivor? Nothing. Cats, the musical. <laughs> Andrew Lloyd Webber's 1981 Broadway smash. Now that's going to get some attention from the ships going by as well. Yeah. It definitely it comes with a full cast of cats. Real cats or human cats? Did you know they were anagrams of each other? 
What? Cast and cats. <laughs> Fun fact. I was thinking of the names of the cats. <laughs> cats. Didn't we go? Survivor it is, yes. I think. Yeah. I'm just going to go ahead and say Survivor is definitely the best out of those. Sorry, guys. That was a bit, like... Perfect. It was actually the third card I got. So. Get the winning card. So, you guys can tell me which goes best with... Well, I'll tell you. Which goes best with a beer and hot dog? Which goes best with a beer and hot dog? Mm. Well, I'll tell you now. What goes best with a beer and hot dog? Well, I'll tell you now. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll tell you now. It's stuck in a loop. <laughs> happy birthday, the song. Okay? You know... Beer and a hot dog. That's the perfect occasion. Barbecue. Happy birthday. It's a birthday party. Clearly. And just, just hope it's someone's birthday. Oh, it doesn't have to be. Why does it have to be someone's birthday to say happy birthday? It's someone's birthday every day somewhere in the world. Did you know every time you sing this song, you are violating copyright law composed in 1893 of Warner Brothers music through to 2030? Can't speak. <laughs> but yes, I think happy birthday would go gravy with my beer and hot dog. I'd stand there, I'd have my beer, I'd have my hot dog, and I'd sing happy birthday to my mate. Well, you're kicking back on the couch, got your beer, you're watching, watching the game, got your hot dog, you need a mullet. <laughs> it's yeah. a perfect match. It beer, is. Beer, hot dog, and game, a and a mullet. I can really picture the scene. Yeah, mm-hmm. me too. He's really thick rim glasses. <laughs> now try picture it without a mullet. You Ooh. can't. Never imagining a guy in the army. Or if you can't, it's very grim. Yeah, it's cold. Mm. <laughs> Everything went like straight to black and white. You know, like those ads where those people are trying to sell you things and when they're doing the shit <laughs> things, it's black and white. And then they get the new things, suddenly the world is coloured. That's exactly what it was like. Mm. Mullet. I mean, these are great, great options. Um, but, I mean, personally, you got to say that the best thing, you know, naturally enough, I think, whenever I think beer and a hot dog, the next thing that springs into my head is Mouse, which is Art Spiegelman's groundbreaking 1991 series that showed comics that can take on serious subjects and that cats are Nazis. Mm-hmm. So... I mean, that's what I think of. I don't know about you guys, but I sit down, have a beer, have a hot dog, open up my copy of Mouse. This feels like a uh, card dump to me. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I decided to go with the one that I think is the least useful. It was three cards because all of them are useless answers. I thought you were being really strategic and I was kind of buying into it. (laughs) I'm just a really good seller. Um, Salesman, I think is the term. Okay, just put it straight in the remove pile. <laughs> oh, yeah, I, I decided to take an, uh, an executive decision there. Now, would I like to <clears throat> have a beer and a hot dog while someone sings happy birthday to me or while I'm wearing a mullet? Now, also, you're going to be b- breaking some copyright laws if you take that. Are you extra selling here? Yeah. Right. You don't want to look like a weirdo. <laughs> no offense to people who have mullets out there. Yeah, you don't want to be singing happy birthday. So You also don't want to be birthday. that person who sits on the couch and doesn't shower for three days and has a beer and a hot dog. I, you? I would feel very special if someone was singing happy birthday to me, but it also might get annoying. I don't want a mullet on my head, but I want a pet mullet. 
like you want a pet more like <laughs> like I kind of like want one but like one that I have an option it's a mullet wig you just want like the chops that you could put on your ears and then brush your hair back I mean it doesn't necessarily need to be something that happens to you it's just which goes best with a beer okay. and a hot dog um, so well then a mullet goes best doesn't it because a beer and a hot dog is like a beer and a hot dog <laughs> It's a really good impression of a mullet. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. This is the last thing Stu thinks about before going to sleep. The last thing. The last thing, meaning the thing he thinks of last, or the thing he thinks of least often? As it says, this is the last thing. Yeah, but Stu you know the way you would say before going to that's sleep. the last thing I would ever think of. Yeah, but that's not okay. the phrase in this. This is the last thing Stu thinks of before going to sleep. This um, is the there last is no tone. Thing. It's just fact. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> right. Read into that what you will. He thinks about the home pregnancy. <laughs> He's a very worried man, is Stu. He is that, yeah. And that's what he thinks about. I can imagine him being up late, you know, thinking about the home pregnancy This test. is the kind of thing he frets about. Yeah, he does. I imagine. <laughs> <laughs> I so guess it, I just went. I hope this isn't slander. Uh, <laughs> no, it's just any stew. Yeah, any stew would be worried about that. You're right. Um, personally, I think that any stew would be thinking about Starbucks coffee. And the reason that they're thinking about it before they go to the last thing they think about before they go to sleep is because, first of all, if it is the last thing, oh, the last thing he's thinking about is he's trying to sleep. He's the last thing he's thinking about is having a coffee. There is no tone, right? (laughs) But if you decide to take it the other way, the last thing he's thinking about is Starbucks coffee because he's like, oh man, I wish I hadn't drank so much of that damn coffee. (laughs) And it's why I'm still awake at 2 a.m. 3 a.m. And as he's still thinking about it, just he dozes off at 4 a.m. It amazes a. me how adaptable you are. <laughs> I really wasn't expecting that. Well done. So, Starbucks coffee. I'm sorry, Stu. <laughs> All stews. All stews out there. Multiple stews. Styes. <laughs> um, the last thing that Stu thinks about before he goes to sleep... Mm-hmm. is Viagra. And that's not my fault. <laughs> that's the best card I had. Nothing else made sense. Um, it has been shown to make flowers stand up for more than a week. Flowers. Flowers. And does it mean flowers? Stu's really worried about his flowers. <laughs> and that's the last thing he thinks about because he's so caring. And he would like to give people more flowers if he had more Viagra to keep them standing. And flowers is definitely not a euphemism, right? It says flowers. It's not in italics or anything. Weird. That is so funny. And now you learned something new today about stew and about flowers and about Viagra. Hmm. I mean, the flowers part is probably the last thing I'm going to be thinking about. Before I <laughs> yeah. Okay, so I have to give it to Colm because Stu works really strange hours and you could imagine him like late at night having a coffee because he's wrecked because he's doing the night shift and then going to bed in the morning and being like, God damn. Mm. Well done, Colin. Good job. 
Thank you. Great job. Oh, Are you <laughs> joking me? I just got the perfect stew card. <laughs> you don't need an extra one. Why? Aww. <laughs> oh my god, that is enraging. <laughs> Maybe is it like it delivery will work. driver or something? <laughs> Maybe there'll be another blank we can fill in with stew. God, I hope so. <clears throat> okay. If we just fill it Can we just do people we know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just do stew. Stew cast. Okay. Which better captures the zeitgeist of its time? What's a zeitgeist? Alexa, <laughs> what is a zeitgeist? The zeitgeist German pronunciation zeitgeist is a concept from 18th to 19th century German philosophy, meaning spirit of the age or spirit of the times. Can we skip this question? It refers to an invisible agent or force dominating the characteristics of a given epoch in world history. It's... it gener- it. Which better captures the feeling and the the kind of culture? It'd be like it's it's like how what? bell bottoms would be a, a zeitgeist of the seventies. Mm. Okay, okay, I fucking fucking yeah, okay. <laughs> She's bell bottoms. <laughs> <laughs> Colin, tell oh. me which better captures the zeitgeist of its time. Well, I think the thing that best captures the zeitgeist of our time is twitter mm-hmm. right mm. so it's microblogging. people only have <laughs> small amounts of time to read and write <laughs> because we're so busy working to pay off the goddamn boomers <laughs> wages and support their horrible society that they've built with twitter uh, okay <laughs> Okay, boomer. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Yeah, very good. Thank you. It's eighteen seventy four, apparently. Mm-hmm. Okay, and um, things are moving really fast. People want things that are double things, not just one thing. They want them to do multiple things. Okay, mm-hmm. and the zeitgeist at that time truly was the spork. Hmm. Spoon, fork, sure, and you could probably cut things with it. I know, right? What was the date? Patented in 1874. My God, how long has cutlery been around? Insane. Like, I was like, oh, this is great. This will be so, like, (laughs) this is yesterday. (laughs) (laughs) But at that time, isn't that amazing that even then they were super lazy, just like we are now? (laughs) Why isn't the spork a thing like, in your cutlery drawer. Probably because it was never really the spirit of anything's time, you know? Oh! You should deduct him a point for that, it's rude. <laughs> Playing the game. <laughs> it's called being bully. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay, so, I have it, right? Mm-hmm. You ready? Yeah, I'm okay. ready. Okay. This has really captured the zeitgeist, zeitgeist of its time. Specifically the 1960s, mm-hmm. when Alfred Hitchcock came out with Psycho, the most defining, scary film of its time. And even now, we're still talking about it. 60 years later. <laughs> <laughs> and Psycho, Psycho captured the spirit of the 60s. Absolutely, of the horror movie industry. Before that, it was just all trash. You know, after Hitchcock's 1960 cinematic thriller, the phrase shower scene 
would never be the same again. <laughs> was there a shower scene phrase before that? Absolutely. <laughs> what did it mean? Always refer to sex. <laughs> now, all you think of is your one being stabbed in the shower. Spoiler alert. From 60 years ago. Mm-hmm. This is the Hang true on. spirit of the horror movie. It is almost 60 years ago. <laughs> That's crazy. Well, what year was it from? 1960. What do you mean? Dead on. 1960, yeah. Wow. Only one year away from being 60 years ago. Yeah, but it's super <laughs> old looking. It's in black and white and all. <laughs> yeah. Mad, though, right? The, yeah. I don't think of the 60s as being 60 years ago. The fact that he's astounded really selling it for me. Not for me. He's baffled. <laughs> this is the spirit of its time. It's not the spirit of the 60s. It's the spirit of the, the sport- no, horror film industry of the time. I think card says psycho. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a scary film. We're talking the about. spork it doesn't capture the zeitgeist of the late 19th century and Twitter definitely captures the current age. What are you talking about? Psycho is clearly the best. Twitter is... Clearly. When you think of Alfred Hitchcock and scary movies... <laughs> the round is over, you have lost. <laughs> Good day. That's it, I'm using a new card. <laughs> Colin, pick a opinion card. Okay. Okay, so this opinion card is... Would make the strangest fetish ever. <laughs> David has a winner, I think. <laughs> So, in this fetish, this strange fetish, the goal isn't to get to the balls. The goal is to dodge the balls. (laughs) (laughs) The card says dodgeball. (laughs) I think no further explanation is needed. No, realistically. No further explanation is needed. So, in this fetish, you're playing dodgeball and and you want to get smacked in the face, which so weird, right? Stop Isn't that weird? Just stop it. Isn't that so strange? Just stop it. I'm squirming in my chair. Great. Mission accomplished. That was excellent. Right. Okay. So I think the Bible would make the strangest fetish ever. First of all, because it's the Bible. And it's either the direct word of God or written over a thousand years by a bunch of dudes. Accounts vary. But if it's written by a bunch of dudes, you know, that might really please some people. I don't know. The Bible's definitely a strange fetish. All right. The strangest fetish is the porta potty fetish. Oh, Christ. And as this card says, insert scatological joke here. (laughs) Wow. I'll say no more. I mean, dodgeball has got to be pretty creative. That's... That's pretty good. Picture it, right? It's amazing. <laughs> so funny. Porta potty. I feel like that's not that strange because I feel like that's an, a thing. You know, like I feel like it's got to be a thing already. Like people having sex in porta potties. Just, just a lot of gross stuff out there. So <laughs> it's like so Festivals. gross that it's uh, one of those ones that so gross that somebody likes it. You know. So I feel like it's it's not the strangest. Mm-hmm. The Bible, for the same reason, it's like taboo, so it would be built up that way to be kind of a thing. I think it would be more likely to be an actual thing. The strangest, I think, is genuinely playing dodgeball. Mm. Um, that has got to be the strangest one, especially considering so it's a sexy. fetish, right? Because it's so sexy. it's like 
somebody really likes dodgeball. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, that's the one. <laughs> Tell me how one would use this Bible. Well, they've got sexy nun outfits and stuff. I guess, yeah. Yeah, it would be like all about... Sexy nuns. I'm just imagining somebody reading something from like a thousand (laughs) years ago where they're like beating the shit out of each other and God condemns everyone else and it's like, oh yeah, yeah. (laughs) Which is a better tool for dictators? Which is a better tool for dictators? So, the best tool for dictators is, you know, when they're trying to formulate a plan and get their ideas out there. You know, they put the board out on the table and they lay out all their ideas and they see how it plays out in a version of Monopoly. So they lay it all out there. They know exactly what moves they're making. They play it by chance. They roll the dice and it helps them. It's a magnificent tool. Helps them know where they're going. Monopoly, helping dictators since 1933. Yep. It's real hard. So if you're gonna be a dictator, you're gonna wanna want all the public to be very scared. And what's scarier than the New York subway system? What? Probably the nineteen sixty movie Psycho. <laughs> <laughs> Plus you're gonna wanna get around. How are you gonna get around? Not by Monopoly. You're gonna get around on the subway. What? <laughs> Card dump. <laughs> yeah, he's definitely just dealing with trash cards. Unlike myself, with totally legit cards, um, and I think that the best tool a dictator can have is Brie Cheese, right? And the reason for that is because he can sit all his generals around, he or she can sit all his generals or her generals all around the table. <laughs> Sounding like genitals. Generals. uh, And they can sit them down and they'll be helping themselves to brie and crackers. And nobody in their right mind likes brie. I don't don't know anybody apart from you, Kira, that I'm trying to sell this to. Yeah, you don't know you're pitching to Kira. Likes brie cheese. For a start, it might make some people more amicable, you know, like, oh, yeah, this person's not so bad. They're not as much of a dictator as I thought. And then other people, it's like, wow, this guy is really torturing us here. This is awful. This room smells, you know. (laughs) What's smellier than brie cheese? The subway. The subway. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, shit. I'll just give you a little bit of background on brie cheese. Okay. Pairs well with white Zinfandel and soft rock. What is I've never eaten soft rocks. <laughs> Circa 8th century. So that's another thing. Out of all the dictators that have been around, this has been around for a lot of them. <laughs> Just saying. You know, and the New York City subway <laughs> system is very localized. You know, it's in New York. So... Not all dictators are going to be able to use that. Oh, it's a good system to take into whatever country you're in. From New York. Mm. All (laughs) all roads lead from New York. You just lay it out like, lay out your city like New York. Well, if I was a dictator, we can just put these over here. Oh. 
Um, I like cheese. If all the people were you and you all had to be afraid of me, yeah, I might use brie. <laughs> I might shove it in your door in your door at night. Freak out oh. a little. Um, Monopoly is fun. I'm sure there's lessons to be learned there. Definitely, at some point. <laughs> <laughs> but a whole subway system. You could recruit the hobos. Yeah. Stab all the people, people. you want to. It's a Control. whole subway. <laughs> I, yeah, sure. Yes. I can't believe that one. I would have thought Monopoly would have definitely won. Really? I didn't even try and sell it. I would have thought it's because it's like... But I was thinking tool-wise. Now I've got a whole transport system where I can rush people around and stuff. Monopoly is all about taking control. And who likes taking control more than a dictator? People halfway around the world. (laughs) (laughs) They certainly do. Blank. (laughs) People halfway around the world would care less about it. Right. So, have you ever heard of the play called Death of a Salesman? No. You don't care about it at all? No. You know why? Why? You're halfway around the world. Why? Where's the play from? Exactly halfway around the world. America? Yeah. It's gotta be. And you're saying that I am people... Yeah. And I don't care about this. Do you care about it? Well, I don't know. Be honest. Well, I've never heard of it before. Exactly. But how am I supposed to know if I don't care about it if I don't know what it is? Well, that's that That shows you how much you care about it. It shows me I don't know what it is. It's a play. <laughs> Let, do, you want it, do you want me to tell you all about the play? Yep. Damn it. I was hoping you were going to say no. (laughs) (laughs) I just thought you were going to read the bits at the end of the card. Well, here's a quote from it. Okay. I realized what a ridiculous lie my whole life has been. From Arthur Miller's seriously depressing 1949 play. I feel like I'd really like it. (laughs) It sounds seriously depressing. And if you didn't like then you probably won't like this. I did like It was just awfully sad. Mm Mm-hmm. Unlike... The death of a salesman, uh, like described as very depressing or something. I actually wasn't listening. I'm to I'm selling time. your card and every. I don't know why. I mean, <laughs> that sounds really fun. <laughs> well, I have to take that all out because Mary didn't want to. Anyway. Well, it's spoiling it. it just beep. I like the beep. It's just really sad. <laughs> <laughs> what did she say? I'll be mad. <sighs> Um, well, people halfway around the world, maybe us, right? Halfway around the world from like the US, Mm -hmm. right? We could not care very much at all about sitcoms from the 50s Mm. in the States. Could you name one? From the 50s? Mm -hmm. I Love Lucy? Fuck. <laughs> Damn it. Card. <laughs> I no thought way. I thought there was no way you'd ever name that thing. I was like banking on it. I was like, nobody knows that fucking show. Well apparently I don't really know it. I... You care about it enough to know its name. I actually only no, know I, it because Well somebody are, does care a little bit enough to know the bloody name, apparently, <laughs> but yeah, I know nothing about it. I personally 
could couldn't <laughs> care any less about this fucking thing. It's it's a show I've never seen, and I've heard the name maybe twice. <laughs> I've heard the name a lot, and I always thought, I wonder, is it a good show? But I've never seen it. Couldn't really care to watch it. <laughs> I don't know, maybe one time. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> what are the odds? I care about all my cards. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, but I don't. Some people... Oh, see. Some people don't care. Some people don't care. Mm. Some people, like, don't want to spend 200 euro on a pair of fucking Ray-Ban sunglasses. They're very expensive. I buy pennies. I, I agree, pennies. actually. People halfway <laughs> around the world... So if it was me, we live halfway around the world from America. I don't know where they sell Ray-Bans in Ireland. I haven't got a clue. But I know over there there's people trying to sell them to you like there's no tomorrow. Mm. I'm like, I don't give a shit. As long as they're shaded and they fit on my face, that's fine. Yeah, they're very expensive, Mary. Very, very expensive. Yeah, and I don't care to spend money on things that are stupid. Mm. I agree. I agree. Good job. (laughs) (laughs) Mary loves I Love Lucy. You should know that. I've I've never seen it before in my life. Can't believe you... Like pluck that one out of the air like I was, that. I actually don't know any sitcoms from the fifties. It was. Th- I, I I assumed not. Like I don't know. I think anybody would. Again, it was a Jenna Marbles thing talking about it in a podcast, being like, "That's one of my favorite shows. I've seen every episode of I Love Lucy." And I assumed it was old because I've never heard God of it. Damn. That is mad. I didn't know it was your card. I thought it was just sitcoms from the fifties. Yeah. Right. Which is. Most magical. For me, I would say the most magical thing is the treachery of images. This is a painting mm-hmm. um, by Rene Magritte. Magritte. Magritte, I call her. It's a guy. And... It's a playfully conceptual 1929 painting mm-hmm. of a pipe, a pipe, and it says, Ceci n'est pas un beep. Mm-hmm. What's that mean, Gol? It means this is not a pipe. And um, what, does it, what, does it, what does it mean? Yeah, what's the painting about? Well, the thing is, <laughs> that's the beauty of it. That's the real magic behind it, you know, because you're kind of thinking, that looks a lot like a pipe to me. <laughs> yeah. But it says it's not. So you're kind of wondering, hmm, there's a bit of treachery going on in this image. Uh-huh. You know, it's a bit strange. So it's not a pipe. It's a painting of a pipe, I think. Exactly. You know, so it's just like you're seeing it, but it's not actually what it's representing. We just have to understand that pictures aren't always real. And that's the real magic there, I think. <laughs> You can just pull shit out of your arse and make it something. Magic. Mm-hmm. What's more magic than picture this? A crackling fire, a bear skin rug, fake bear, mm-hmm. <laughs> vegan approved. <laughs> and then you see, starting from the bottom of this thing that I'm going to describe, mm-hmm. you see these feet and these legs. They're so hairy. And then it goes up into this beautiful male form. Playgirl magazine. <laughs> Magical. <laughs> Seductive. Tasteful spreads, hairy chests. Since 1973. Playgirl. <laughs> Play away. <laughs> Play away. <laughs> Magic. 
Oh god. I mean, you can't you can't you know. I really like the way you pitched it. <laughs> Oh, these sexy nights. <laughs> okay, which is the most magical? Mm-hmm. I think most people would agree that in their teenage years, spin the bottle was a very magical game. First kiss, maybe, maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> There's a bit of magic there. It all rests on the magic of the bottle. Spin it right, and your destiny. Spin it left. <laughs> is wide. <open. laughs> <laughs> Teenage smooching game from the 1950s. Still available now in electronic form. True magic spins on its own. When kissing could get you pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be pretty magical. I hate to say it, but I think the treachery of images is the most yeah, magical. Yeah, it was. It was like when he was saying it, I was like, this is perfect. Damn, I'm good at bullshit. (laughs) Yeah, where do you get it? Where do you get it? Oh, yeah. Listen, fucking spin the bottle is super magical when you're 13. (laughs) Playgirl is also super magical when you're 13. And when you're a girl. (laughs) For me, when I was 13, the Magritte's paintings were (laughs) magical. When you were 13, did you not ever want to play spin the bottle and kiss some girl? No. I wanted to kiss Magritte. Get out of here. <laughs> okay. Which feels like first love? First love. For you, Colm, specifically. No. <laughs> Damn it. First love for a lot of people in the 70s. First love of film. Yeah? They went out on these first dates with their girlfriends or boyfriends or significant others. And they fell in love with them and with... The Star Wars franchise. Oh. Mm. Means a lot to a lot of people. They'll be like, do you remember I met her in the cinema? Ooh. She likes that movie. <laughs> that's awful. There you go. Cool. Yeah, that's fine. Okay. So for a lot of people, music is their first love. And there are certain songs that really bring back all those memories of hanging out with that special person one song in particular is Rapper's Delight I said a hip hop a hip <laughs> and so on the hippie hippie to the hip hip hop and you don't stop Sugar Hill Gang's Trailblazing 1979 rap single super famous reminds people from the 1979 of True Love the 1979 the 1979 <laughs> <laughs> yep that's it it's right in there mm, I see <laughs> So, the feeling of first love, it's, it's bubbly inside. It's, it's sweet. Champagne. It's caffeinated. It's Coca-Cola. Oh. <laughs> Coca-Cola sells itself. Yeah. Uh, yeah, honestly, anything with a Coke yeah. brand, like any Coke ad automatically makes me feel like I'm Thirsty. Love. Yeah. <laughs> love. No, it felt like it was a... That was a lie, by the way. I don't feel like that about Coke. It was a good column card. He likes Coke. Mm. It's one of those things when you're pitching it, it sounded like an ad they might have had on Mad Men, you know, where they're Mm. like doing the thing when they're... Remember that thing where they were talking about the carousel, you know, the the photo thing? And it's like, it's pictures of family. It's home. It's this whole feeling. 
that's what we're selling them. We're selling them the the feeling, not the product. Feeling of first love. Mm. You know what sells the feeling of Coke is that ad where they're like, and the the (laughs) ice in the glass, and you're like, I'm there. You know, cans are designed to make like the most amount of noise. It like when when you crackle that can open. There's just something about Coke that if I think about a can of Coke, I won't be happy till I get a can yeah. of Coke. Just You're like right. a cigarette. <laughs> I'm, I, well, I used to be like this about double cheeseburgers from Burger King. Mm. Let's go to Burger King. We still have to do that. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I used to always just feel like that. But now I can't. <laughs> you can. I do. It's I do. I do. I, I, I wake up in the middle of the night sometimes and I'm like, yeah, you can go and get the double impossible burger. I know, yeah. It's supposed to be better than the Beyond Burger. Mm, I'd say it is because it's like on their grill and half the thickness as well, probably to be, match the other burger. Mm, yeah. Anyway, we're just talking about burgers now. <laughs> but I, I think I like the pitch a lot, David. We it's really a, kind of went off on a tangent there. It's a really good pitch and it really sells Coke. But it doesn't necessarily feel sell, like I don't necessarily buy that that is the first love, like feels like first love, because I think that's just hell corporate. <laughs> Unlike the Star Wars franchise. Um, <laughs> but I think that I'd have to go with that just because it could be like, yeah, it could be your first film, you know, and it could be your first love. Coke is not going to be your first love ever as a drink, you know. Well, I don't know about that. Ask Ben that. Yeah. You love Star Wars, don't you, Colin? I do like it. Star um, Wars loves you first. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. It wasn't my first love at all in, in, uh, in terms of You films. don't have Star Wars in your fridge, though. That's true. But Are you, you coke do? in your fridge right now? Oh, shit. Two types. <laughs> I have Coke Zero. It tastes awful. <laughs> I go for regular Coke because I'm not going to lie to myself. <laughs> yeah. No, sometimes, sometimes Coke Zero is like really good. And then sometimes it's like... It's almost like true love. It's like, no, it's like, what is this tasteless bubble water? Um, <laughs> Did you hear that, Coke? <laughs> Change of your breath. I think that's whenever I have too much of it, it just becomes super samey and I lose all sensitivity to flavor. You never do that. Anyway, Star Wars franchise, I'm going to go with that just because I feel like the idea of going to the movies as a first date kind of a setup is more a thing than sitting down and splitting a Coke. <laughs> Yeah. No, but there's definitely some love to be had while listening to hip hop, hippity hop. No. Accidentally took some more Maybe someone out there, but, but definitely. I didn't know what this one was. This podcast is dedicated to you. And I didn't see it till last. I bet there's a lot of people thinking about drinking Coke right now. Yeah. And having a fucking Beyond Burger or an Impossible Burger. Which is most square? Now, this has to be like. Which is most square? Square. Okay. Which is most square? Before Art Fry's 1974 invention, sticky paper was only good for catching flies. And then they became square pieces of paper that we call post-it notes. Super square. It's the most square. I mean, that's perfect. I think that's, you don't need to say any more most there. Most informative. Yeah, most square. Oh, that's a good card. Some damn good cards. Do you have more post-it notes? 
I have it's a sticky my note. No. Um, what I have for you is an orange. <laughs> <laughs> Square doesn't have to be a shape. The Sopranos is the most square because it was out in 1999 when all the TVs were square and you'd watch it and your eyes would turn square. Square. (laughs) (laughs) Square Soprano. (laughs) I I call it Square Prano. Put that in the dump. <laughs> that TE thing wasn't bad, though. That was pretty good. I thought about doing that for another card. I think the thing I'm going to have to go for that's the most square is, of course, the Brooklyn Bridge. Right? And the reason it's most square is look at that brutalist architecture. S- super harsh angles reminding you of a square. Like, if you look at this bridge here, What's that underneath that bridge there? That's a square. What's it above the bridge there? That's a square. Further on, another square, another square. There's four squares in this crude drawing alone. Let alone, I don't know, like a square. What's that, one square? Yeah. That's clearly three rectangles. <laughs> this is, this is, these are squares. I mean, I'm seeing squares all over this thing. <laughs> nice try, man. You've been watching too much Sopranos. Uh, let, me just, let me just read the, read the description just in case there's any here and get out of that. <laughs> <laughs> Makes New York City's 50 other bridges jealous. John A. Roebling, 1883. So it sounds like it's pretty good and not very I square. mean, it, it's really good. But you know who is a big square? John A. Roebling. <laughs> and who is John A. Roebling? Roebling. Roebling. He, um, he was the architect of that bridge. Checks out. <laughs> um, I think post-it notes are the most square. <laughs> they are. What? <laughs> Crazy. <laughs> okay. Okay. Unsafe at any speed. What is unsafe at any speed? Okay. I don't know if you've ever skateboarded, but... I have. It's freaking hard. It is. It's unsafe at any speed. Just... Try stand on a skateboard. Actually, yes, it is actually unsafe. You'll break your leg. <laughs> You'll break your arm. You make me sound really incompetent. <laughs> You'll break every bone in your body. Shit. Because it's unsafe. Why do you think they have the knee pads? The helmets. The elbow pads. Don't want to break the elbow arm. pads. And they have hand thingies. And they have hand thingies. Yeah. So uh, pads. Hand pads. Are they hand pads? Your fingers are exposed. Just get gloves. Hand gloves. Yes, it is very dangerous at any speed. I'll accept that. And that's a really good one. But all of my cards are particularly... Safe. (laughs) No, they're just... I don't think there's any safer work version of an answer here. Go for it. Unsafe at any speed. You cannot use Vaseline as a lubricant. Right, if you're going for safe sex using a condom, <laughs> because Vaseline will break down the material of the latex and make it unsafe. Is for this use. true? Yes. This is very informative. How do you know this? Business. You can only use water-based lubricants and not petroleum-based lubricants like Vaseline. I can't believe you or know oil. This. So no matter what speed you go, 
it'll be unsafe. Interesting. How the fuck? How do you pull it out of your arse? <laughs> I would like to say that. <laughs> I would like to say that um, if you could, wouldn't have already guessed it, this was my perfect stew card. Unsafe at any speed. Professional wrestling. <laughs> You know, even though people say it's fake, it's obviously not. People are coming out of there with cuts, bruises. It's unsafe at any speed. You don't get into that job unless you're willing to break a lot of bones. And also, you could be really good one day, really bad the next. And it's just not safe. I would agree it's not safe. It's the speed. I can't get around. (laughs) (laughs) And they jump very fast. In turn, like, I'm really torn between skateboarding and the Vaseline. Like, what type of speed are we talking about? Unsafe at any speed. I mean, at a slow speed, Vaseline is probably pretty safe. Is it? Would you risk it now? <laughs> I... <sighs> I mean, it's a good argument. Would you bet a new life on it? <laughs> <laughs> I will applaud your attempt it was really good. But speed in terms of speed, I have to give it to David. <laughs> but that, like, I don't know how you did that. <laughs> I just don't know how you do it, man. We go one last round? Yeah. This is fun. Is fundamentally misunderstood. I would say something that's a little bit under- misunderstood is jello or jelly, as we call it. Right, And one of the reasons why I say it's fundamentally misunderstood is because we always think of it as a fun party food, when in fact it is practically, I would say, a representation of the gross, horrible acts of humanity as a blight on the world. <laughs> I mean, this is a tasty treat. But filled with sugar and made from extracts from boiled bones, connective tissues, and other animal products. Uh-huh. It's effectively just, let's just boil animals to bits and make something out of it and put some sugar in it. Fun party tree. Okay. Bringing your animal parts together since 1845 in a fun, gelatinous shape. <laughs> gelatinous shape I mean that's going to be hard to follow yeah um, are they people are they animals how are they standing there whose hand is that the Muppet movie mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know lots of things about it the end <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to talk about how they work and how their hands work and stuff fundamentally misunderstood exactly have you seen the Muppet movie? I have what's it about? I saw the most recent one where Tina Fey is in it and I don't really remember what it was about but it was good and it had lots of good songs but it's just so confusing and I don't really understand it and neither does anyone else oh. it's fundamentally <laughs> Misunderstood. <laughs> Don't you think? I do. Maybe. Okay. Let's <laughs> try it. So any Journey album is fundamentally misunderstood. Mm-hmm. Why? Because 
it's all about don't stop believing. Okay. And people stop believing every day. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> dark <laughs> I think jello again yeah call him Eddie do it I mean the description really helps there like you know? I, when you were when you started off I was like okay jello how is he gonna do this other than talking about animals and then you went straight into talking about animals the card really helped because it, it kind of set the tone immediately so I just went with it I have the perfect card for any round He's gonna fuck it's up. It's the win. It's the win card. <laughs> oh shit! Calm's miles ahead. Calm, let's go. All right. So this one is brings out blank feelings. Okay. So I'm gonna have to think of something here. <clears throat> I'm gonna say brings out terrifying feelings. What's more scary than hearing your future and it being? The worst thing imaginable. That brings out terrifying feelings already. 100% it does. Tarot cards. Mm-hmm. Playing cards. 15th century divination tool. 18th century. Well, my brain. Playing cards. 15th century divination tool. 18th century. Now a revenue stream for your neighborhood psychic. <laughs> <laughs> Very scary. They... You get all these cards telling you your future and you can't help but steer towards that future of doom and terrifying feelings. Mm, yeah, if it goes down that path. But it yeah, will because can, the cards are true it. and oh, yeah. it will. So, yeah, see. Just like me and David and the clay. <laughs> mm, oh yeah, that was pretty scary. That was scary. So the four of us don't eat meat. But for some people out there, they don't get it. They don't understand it. They think it's a very scary idea not to eat meat. Not only for their health, but for the social aspect. People won't like them. And plus, they just can't cook their favourite foods anymore. You know, meat's pretty tasty. It's terrifying. Real scary. (laughs) And nothing worse than showing up to a vegetarian's house and them having you serve you tofurkey. What are you going to do then? You have to eat it. You're at somebody's house and they have served you this, what they think is a delicious meal. The social awkwardness. Damn, I've never That's tried pretty this terrifying, before. actually. The social awkwardness of mm. them serving you a, a big helping of it and you being forced to... Well, I'll tell you. Happened to me yesterday. I was at work. Are you going to... Yeah, you can keep this in. And... <laughs> I want them to know. <laughs> I, was, I was at work really late and I was asked, would I like some dinner and I said no thanks and I always say no thanks because I don't eat any meat or dairy so it's just easier for everyone if I'm just like no it's grand don't want you to fuss and then about half an hour later meanwhile you're like so hungry yes I was starving (laughs) but half an hour later the lovely woman I was working for brought in two chicken goujons a sausage and two mashed potato cups covered in dead animal (laughs) and I was not really paying attention at the beginning to what she was doing and then I was like, oh my God, 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 what am I supposed to do? I have to leave it there. It's getting cold. I can't eat it. And then I was in my head. I was like, do I eat it? Like, I can't eat it. Like, do I eat the potatoes? There might be butter in the potatoes. I don't know. So she kept coming back into the room hmm. and seeing hmm. that I hadn't eaten anything. And I had earphones in and I, I was like, this is, this, like, 
oh my god what do I like the whole for the next two hours I was stressing over it the social awkwardness is real so it's like reverse reverse, yeah. reverse situation you have to eat it man you're at yeah. your friend's house no, and they serve pretty good yeah you. That, I can totally see the social awkwardness of that being like the idea of that of ending up in that scenario can be quite scary mm. what for you specifically is more terrifying than having to sit through waiting for Gatto. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, my God. That is pretty damn terrifying. That is so funny. It is, it is just designed to torture. Um, I loved it. Just so Brilliant play. Like, oh, definitely had some nice parts in it you know, between all the emptiness. Absolute soul rendering. Oh, what what is the word? Boredom, terror. I would say. <laughs> good, good pitch. Um, yeah, it's just. I wouldn't say it's, it's terrifying. It's a vacuum of entertainment. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's just awful. So yeah, sitting it's it's not so much terrifying though as much as just imagine it over and over on repeat. It's, it's, that's your hell. It's more like um I don't know what the word is, but it's terrifying. not terrifying. I think it might be terrifying. <laughs> it's not terrifying. Apprehension. It's, it's very good, but it, it's not even apprehension. It's more just like uh Bad feeling of the inevitable. <laughs> I don't know what that is. I suppose it's almost like existential, but not existential. Just this dread. Dread. That's what it is. Maybe it's the absurd futility of existence. I certainly felt that during <laughs> that. I was just like, why am I still here existing? You know? I loved it. I thought it was so good. Yeah. There's two sides of that coin there. Yeah. <laughs> Um, the stage was amazing the actors were amazing the story was great it was amazing I gotta say being actually afraid of things like being actually scared of situation in some kind of way or feeling some kind of real oh no like wave of god oh definitely yeah but <laughs> social kind of scare of thinking oh fuck I have to deal with this now and it's awkward and it's awkward for the other person then you get secondhand awkwardness of them back, and it's like <laughs> bouncing back. And, forth. and it gets even worse, and it amplifies and reverberates. It's just awful. Yeah, I think I'm gonna have to go with the tofer, toferky. Um, I don't know how I did that, by the way. I was really doubting it after you brought in the tarot cards. I was like, that's it. There's no way. Painted a good picture. Yeah. yeah, I didn't mean to. It bet came you, out accidentally. Bet you wish you had a dog. It would have been so handy. A dog. Yeah. Could have just fed mm-hmm. him the food. Yeah, do you know what all sorts of things were running through my head I was like do I put it in a bag and take it with me Do is there a bin outside I can put it in and just say I ate it and then I was like well I can't do that because the person next door who is her sister-in-law will say that I don't eat meat because the sister-in-law knows oh. I don't eat meat and I was like oh my god like I don't want to make it awkward for her she was so nice to make this for me and it's I'm a bitch and <laughs> it was the worst and then look it was fine in the end she was I, I ended up in a scenario like that where I was at a barbecue or like a work barbecue thing and they knew I was vegetarian because they made like vegetarian food also, and I had that. And then 
when we're leaving, they're like, oh, take some stuff with you when you're going or whatever. I'll put together a couple of things. And then, like, they give it to a couple of people. And they gave me one as well. And it was, like, all meat. <laughs> <laughs> and I just took it home. Threw Shave it in the bin. Great time. Viv had some of it. And then threw it in the bin and cleaned it out and brought it back. Here you go. I didn't say a word of it. Yeah. <laughs> it's the only way. Like, you all, you're kind of like, do I come clean and then hope this never comes up again? You got it's it. It's definitely going to come up again. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, that was scary. <laughs> Terrifying. It didn't come up again for me, thankfully. Yes. <laughs> that person left. Oh, grand. Um, could have been made by a child. Pong. Could have been made by a child. The simple game of batting a ball back and forth. Children have been playing that for centuries. I mean, they sit on the floor, they roll a ball, and... If it goes past them, they get a point. It was meant. It was invented by kids. It was just turned into a video game by adults. But Pong was true. Actually, it it could have. It was made by children. <laughs> the high res graphics in 1972 was Alan Alcorn's pioneering video game, The Child, that he stole from his childhood. <laughs> Pong. A game for the youth. The Declaration of Independence <laughs> could have been made by a child. What is the Declaration of Independence? No one knows. It's a piece of paper with some writing on it. Who do who does that all the time? Children. They're writing on things. Are you trying to make like an argument kinda like the million monkeys? Here, <laughs> like yes. that, it accidentally That's one of them idea. would write out the Declaration of Independence right out of randomness. Yes, it is pretty random. It could have happened. It would I, have. Happened. Sorry, infinite monkeys, not it, a million it, monkeys. Would need <laughs> a lot more than a million. Well, if the, a million monkeys riding over an infinite amount of time. Yes, yes, or one monkey riding over. It was the blur well, stuff. <laughs> he died. <laughs> a child could have written it. A million child. Mm. Do you know, I kind of agree. <laughs> it's just a bunch of gibberish on a piece of paper. Sorry to the people out there who are offended. <laughs> <laughs> you know, sometimes a teacher will assign a challenge to her class right and it's like say what's a good way to um commemorate or celebrate something and they all come up with some ideas so say maybe it's something like oh somebody was the best fisherman of 2019 how would kids decide to commemorate that or celebrate that in some way and they think of an idea of how they could do that you know, like a class activity. One particular one that they definitely could have thought of is if if they were ever if they ever had to commemorate the I don't know the Vietnam veterans at, at any point, they could have thought of a way to do that. They could have thought, yeah, what we should do is just put up a big wall and put all their names on it. It's a simple idea, <laughs> very simple. <laughs> So simple a child could have thought of it. Or perhaps a classroom of children. 
The Vietnam Veterans Memorial. <laughs> it's a wall with a bunch of names and dates on it. Mm-hmm. Children do like to carve their names into stuff. <laughs> I mean, could have been made by a child? No. The idea could have been made by a child, mm. but they couldn't have built the wall. I also don't think they could have programmed Pong. <laughs> no, Alan What's-His-Face stole it from his childhood. <laughs> and I don't think they could have done the Declaration of Independence. But if I had to, actually, if I suppose if I had to actually get them to do something, chances are it would be easier to get them to 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 make if I had to ask them to make one, it'd be easier to get them to make the Declaration of Independence, wouldn't it? Rather than to program Pong or to build a wall. It I feel sure like it's would. teaching them. It's like, what would you want in our society? You know, mm. what's fair? But if even if I was like, which one could you replicate? Most kids well, they could replicate it, which is kind of like making it would be a piece of paper and a pen. Mm. Rather than mm. I would argue that you're like mixing up Potentially the creation. Are you arguing me? Because I'm picking. Like the the creation versus um, replicating. I suppose you know copying. It's not like what's something so simple a child could copy it. It's that they could make. Yeah. Still, no, because the Declaration of Independence has so much smart stuff in it, like bear arms. <laughs> bear arms. <laughs> I'm know. sorry out there. I'm sorry. That's the Constitution. Oh, shit. Well, what's the Declar- of that Declaration of Independence? That's the card that I picked. Yeah, but what's <laughs> in it? Well, it's got words like life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. By who? By a bunch of old white guys. Right. Now, a bunch of old white guys are very like children. No, this, right, this game is inspired by what kids do. I actually think that I'm imagining a couple of kids now and I feel like kids, some kids are super smart and good at programming. Remember that guy who made a bomb thing in a shed? Mm-hmm. He Did made you a nuclear reactor. That? Yeah. Like that nine-year-old who's about to graduate from university. Look, he could definitely could have made pong. He's <laughs> Thank you for my terrible, terrible pitch. <laughs> All right, one, one last. Best reminder of our mortality. <laughs> the best reminder of our mortality is swing dancing. Oh, shit. I hear that's dangerous. Not only is it dangerous, swing dancers are very old. Are they? Yeah. You ever seen a young swing dancer? No. When you say swing dancing, it just reminds me of friends. And what do they do? Uh, Monica says to Rachel that Rachel's trying to take swing dancing lessons, but really she's trying to tell Ross that she loves him and Ross is standing there so she can't say it. And then Ross is like, yes, swing dancing can be tricky and dangerous. That's not the exact quote, something along there. Which reminds you of your own mortality, I think. Why, because friends are so old? Yeah. How how long ago was Friends? Not that long ago. Years and years. <laughs> and you're about to die. I'm only going to be 30. That's very old. And swing dancing reminds you of that. <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> I think the thing that reminds us of our mortality is 
Disneyland. So when you're at Disneyland, you're looking at all these children going around frolicking and enjoying themselves. They're like having so much fun. And you can see that like this is a moment in their lives that they'll always remember. And it reminds you of times like that in your own childhood that you always remember. You look at these things and you think, God, I remember having that much fun. I remember being that excited about something. And it feels like yesterday. Mm-hmm. And you get to see it again in their eyes. And then that's, it's just going to be like. You're kind of making me feel sick. It's just so fast. And then, yeah. If it's making you feel sick, I think it's making you. I don't know if it necessarily makes me think of my own mortality, but it makes me think I haven't done enough by the time I'm 30. Mm, because you'll die. <sighs> Damn it. You know when you're you're watching TV with your parents and they say, oh, look, it's that guy. And you don't know who he is because he's a really old actor. And they're like, I remember he did this and that back in his day. And you're like, oh, I would never remember that because he's, I have no idea who he is. You know, his time has been and gone. And in this particular topic, I'm going to bring up many people's time has been and gone. And it's been very sad for a lot of people. In the James Bond film... <laughs> Lots of people have have played James Bond and they were like at their peak, you know, mm-hmm. and then they just weren't at their peak. And now we're just waiting for them to die. And eventually you'll be telling your kids, I've seen 18 Bonds and they're Shit. all dead now. And that reminds you of mortality, all those people you've outlived. <laughs> it's awful. It's not necessarily Bonds, but it'd probably be Batmans. That's what this card was supposed to say. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Bonds, Batmans, Battle Sergeants. <laughs> <laughs> okay, call him. Here you go. <laughs> well, we decided to finish Disneyland it off on a pretty, light note. <laughs> Disneyland's pretty sick. Like, there is, it's like Christmas, you know, remembering at Christmas time when you're like, oh, I remember how excited I used to be on Christmas Eve. And you, you'll never feel that kind of excitement again. I was again. thinking about how heavy I wanted to get, and I thought I'd bring it out to a six out of ten heavy. That's what I went for. I'm bringing it to a 10. <laughs> the scores are... Oh, yeah. I have three points. Kira has three points. Mary has four points. And Colm has... Six points. For pulling a lot of Vaseline out of there. <laughs> hey. Well done, Colm. How did you do it? I pulled it all. <laughs> out of thin air. Okay, guys, thanks so much for listening. Next week, we'll be back with the more informative topic, or you might just play another game. We haven't decided yet. But uh, yeah, thanks so much, and we'll see you all next week for episode 11. Bye. 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 See ya. What the hell was that? (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, yeah. Hear ya. Did we do it again? It's so weird. You've never listened to the end of the podcast. No. That was really loud. I call me, you have to say bye. Bye. Is it still recording? Cut that in there. Bye.